Yeah. It's, you know, it's funny because, you know, in the other show, or Lee Plug producing the numbers that I can very much so cut out, um, I always wait because Corwin likes to say hi back to the, the recording. And um, it's now weird to not have you, my co-host, say, like, what's up, Craig? How are you doing? Um, anyway... Uh, well, welcome, welcome to this show. This is this is a brand new show. If you're listening to this, you got in on the ground floor, or you went back super early and are trying to be cool by listening to episode one well after it debuted. Only time will tell. Um, this this is a, a show of bullshitting and discussion on topics uh, that we care about. I am one half of this new show called You Can't Be Serious. Uh, Joshua Tracy and the other half <laughs> I th- it sounded like you were going to keep going the other I'm I'm Matt Tory I'm I make up the other half of you can't be serious um and we're going to have some fun yeah yeah we're uh, we we we've been friends for a, a long while we we but we share a lot of common interests, and so that's one of the reasons we decided to to do this podcast. Our our conversations on very specific individualistic topics would end up being an hour to two anyway, um, and end up covering a large breadth of, of of subject matters and ideas. So we came to the natural born conclusion that other people deserve to hear us talk. It just felt wrong to keep the conversations to ourselves. It felt like we needed to share this with the world. Yeah, yeah, and you won't believe how much we're going to charge you for it. It's going to be so much. This is a very... If you're listening to this, you must be very rich. I think only Jeff Bezos can afford to listen to this podcast. Hey, man, you got to pay the bills. You got to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah, podcasting ain't free or easy, as as they say. Uh, All right, so you ready to get into what we got for today? I I am, Josh. And so I, I I think people need to hear what kind of sparked this this you know the topic for today you know we're going to be talking about just you know covers cover songs and i i I think i told you josh uh about a week ago uh, a good friend of ours um showed me this he showed me this this cover of uh i'll tell you the band first it was a cover the band's mastodon they're a metal band they're a progressive metal band great band big fan um but they released a cover of stairway to heaven um and you know you just can't you can't be serious you can't be serious <laughs> oh an um, early plug of the show name <laughs> um just like it just got me thinking like what that's got to be the least coverable song in in rock music i mean i can't i we struggled struggled to think of of another song that that is less coverable than stairway to heaven but I want to hear your initial thoughts before we get into any of the the topics we got planned. But what are your initial thoughts on hearing, hey, there's a progressive metal band from the early 2000s who did a cover of Stairway to Heaven. But you see, the the thing about hearing that is it's not even like you can sub out Mastodon for like seriously almost any band. And it's the concept that you're, you're trying to do a cover of this very specific to led zeppelin because that, that's the thing that i've been thinking about ever since you you know you mentioned the fact that mastodon had a cover of stairway to heaven it's not that it's about mastodon it's that how how is stairway what makes stairway such a singularity that you and i both scoffed at the idea that it was even going or i guess had been covered because like you know 
How many covers of fucking Blackbird by the Beatles do you see? A sure. fucking million. And every time you see one, I bet you think that's the Beatles song. But you don't think, why the fuck are they covering Blackbird no, of by the Beatles? Not. Of course so not. No. That's the part I can't fucking put my. I, I've I've been at least mulling over. I'm, I'm not sure if I can't fully put my finger on it. But like, well, I think you make an interesting. I think you make an interesting point that you're you're totally. I was kind of coming into this prepared to like trash mastodon but i think you're right in that it, paul mccartney could have come out and said hey i just did a cover of stairway to heaven and i'd probably have a similar reaction like why the fuck would you do that yeah because and you know so all right so so to break down my thinking of this and then to toss it over to you to see to see what you think is like all right so first um the fact that it's a really popular song and well-known song doesn't mean anything those are the only songs that usually get covered. Um, other, because otherwise, no one fucking heard it and no one cares. So it wasn't that. It's a longer song, and that I think might have some part to do with it. Because I don't think it's as common that you hear longer songs covered, but I don't think that's that big of a deal. Um, it's a really tonally specific song, which is what I think I'm going to use as the main driving point for why I think it's weird. Because another thing that, like, not just Blackbird, but like pick a Beatles song, they've all been covered to death, makes them so coverable is that they can be very malleable around other genres and can be sung in a lot of like different ways that are going to make it feel personal to you or however like your band plays. I don't think there's a way to do that with Stairway to Heaven. That song is in the voice of Led Zeppelin because it's the only place that song exists that it makes any sense. And I, I can't, I can even, I can even imagine hearing someone else do like Black Dog, but I can't imagine anybody else doing Stairway because it feels like such a, like the ultimate assemblance of everything that made Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin. And when it's that closely tied to a band identity, that's when I'm like, okay, you, you can't cover this. What do you, I don't yeah. know. What do you think? Honestly. So, so. I think we're 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 dancing around like my first question, which is kind of like, well, what makes a good cover? Because I think that's where we need to start. If if we're gonna if we're gonna call the Stairway to Heaven cover by Macedon the worst cover, I think we need to first look at well, what's what's a good cover? And you you touched on a little bit of it. The idea that like, I mean, I think most people say say like, if when you if you cover a song note for note without changing or making it your own, it's probably not gonna be a great cover. Not necessarily you know always going to be a bad cover but that's not a great recipe for a good cover usually the best covers um and i mean you can feel free to add what you want here are ones where you take a song and and you're able to make it your own you know I, that can mean many different things either you know changing the style of it or maybe changing the chord voicings or or something some way making it original but still paying tribute to that original sound and so I think a lot of like great covers. So like think uh, like all along the Watchtower by Hendrix, one probably one of the most famous covers in rock music. Um, takes that really simple you know one seven six chord progression that uh, Bob Dylan wrote, and just you know goes takes it to, into the stratosphere and does you know the whole Hendrix thing. Um, obviously still staying true to the song but very much made it his own which is part of why it was such a you know lasting cover um and i mean there's 
most of the other examples I can think of, you know, we can go on for days about good covers, but are, you know, ones where they take the song and they make it their own. Now, kind of to your second point is how do you do that with Stairway to Heaven? Well, the answer is you you don't because you can't. Like, uh, there, yeah. there Sorry, is no, on. there is no, like part of what makes Stairway to Heaven, Stairway to Heaven is that it sounds ex how it does. You know, that is that it's Led Zeppelin. And that, you know, when you go to start, if you, so if you cover it note for note, exactly how Stairway to Heaven, or, you know, how Led Zeppelin played it, no good, you're not making it your own. But if you go to make it your own, you're doing a disservice to the song. And so it, it, it occupies this really weird space where, kind of like you said, it's so closely tied to that band's identity where, you know, any any change, you know, from the original lineup, um, you know, falls short. Yeah, I and it's like that that sense. Of, so hold on, real quick. I want to uh, take kind of a deviation because we're you, you know when you asked me what makes a good cover, my first thought was what are songs that have been covered a lot. So I found a list. Um, and I'm not I'm not going to sit here and act like I verified verified this for you, but I'm going to read it to you anyway. Of the sure. uh, the top ten most covered songs in history, and okay. I think I think I can thread a a. a a through line through this pretty easily and you'll see why um so i'm just going to read all all 10 songs and their um original band really of release however you want to put okay. that yeah all yeah right. so uh, most covered to least covered most covered yesterday by the beatles mm. um i can't get no satisfaction by the rolling stones eleanor rigby by the beatles cry me a river by julie london i one i don't know um huh. And I Love Her by The Beatles, Summertime by Abby Mitchell, Imagine by John Lennon, Over the Rainbow by Judy Garland, Blackbird by The Beatles, and The Look of Love by Dusty Springfield, um, which again, this seems like an odd placement on this list. But like, uh, we got one, two, three, four, we got like five, six Beatles songs if you count the John Lennon one. And again, I think the whole point the the whole thing about a coverable song is that it has to be basic enough that it can be translated very capably across uh genres so that you get a full scope of like who's doing this and styles within genres so that it doesn't feel too similar that everyone's just like you know if, if you listen to whatever um whoever's doing a cover of a Dave Brubeck song is probably still going to sound pretty fucking Dave Brubeckish because you can't really deviate too far from that in the world of jazz, you know, uh, outside of the improvisational aspects of it. If yeah. you're doing that style of like white man jazz from the fifties, it's going to sound like white man jazz from the fifties. Um, <laughs> but, and I, that's no slant on Dave Brubeck. This is a Dave Brubeck household. I'm coming from here. Like, you know, sure, I, hey, but, hey, but Dave Brubeck is, is white man jazz. Yes. yes. Oh, it there is. Hey, it, I, it, Top, top, top three white man jazz all time, but white man jazz for sure. Um, so it has to be basic enough that you're going to get the whole scope and, uh, and range of musicians who are going to play it. But it also has to be personal enough that those people are going to find something in it to express. Like yesterday, and that, that actually that's really the thing with like all, nearly every fucking Beatles song, which is one of the reasons that they were, you, you know, the... Top the Beatles. greatest band of all time. The Beatles. Is that like, yeah, like they made music. 
that was tonally interesting while also being pretty simple uh, and also being personal. And that's one of the things that led them to being like <laughs> five out of 10 of the top 10 most covered songs of all time, according to this random list I found. Um, and it's not surprising. That's actually kind of what I expected because yeah. this is like what they do. Um, yeah, I, I, I think for me, that, that's where you have to, it has to be something that's, that's personal but accessible because if it's not, if it's not both of those things, there's no, there's either no, no, no reason to do it like a cover or um, you're just never going to find the song to even think to do the cover of it, if that makes sense. Yes, I, I, I think I think I follow you. I still think though that that doesn't because I mean, so if we're if we're if we're gonna talk about you know the the so obviously Stairway to Heaven is a, an iconic song, right? So so there has to be you know some level of like I I really think that. Even if you were to strip away the uh, kind of like infamy, if you will, around uh, Stairway to Heaven being like this this like rock anthem of the '70s, like one of the uh, I think frequently it comes up as like the, one of the best rock songs ever. Um, even if you strip all that away and look at it as like from just like a, a piece of music standpoint, like like analytically, um, it, it doesn't make for a good cover. Right. It doesn't it doesn't. Uh, there's really no room for for. Experimentation or, you know, well, and I, I, this, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, so uh, now that I'm now that I'm kind of talking through this now, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of talking myself out of this point because let's take a piece of like classical music, for example, like 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 Beethoven or Mozart, something right. Um, and you go and you hear someone play, you know, like Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, right? Uh, technically, that's a cover, right? Um, but like, you expect them to play it, you know, to to not uh, improvise over it or to not to make it their own. You're there to hear the piece of music, um, and that's and that's what that's what you want, right? Um, but Stairway to Heaven, it's it doesn't like I don't want either of those. I don't want someone to 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 imitate Stairway to Heaven, uh, you know, what like note for note. And I also don't want anyone to like change it. It it it, it I feel like it occupies this weird space because there's a lot of other songs that I can think of. Um, like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was that's was a the song exact that, other song I was thinking. I was gonna bring it up right? later. Yeah. So, obviously, very iconic song. It, it doesn't. It's not, doesn't fit the traditional song structure. Um, whatever. But for some reason, I'm, now I'm not saying I want Mastodon to do a Bohemian Rhapsody cover. That is not what I'm saying. If you're listening, Mastodon, please don't do that. Um, but I, I still think that would have sat better with me. Uh, there's something I. I I'm struggling to put my finger on it. And hopefully by the end of this podcast, hope the end of this conversation, we'll be able to, to, to kind of really nail down why it's such an uncomfortable thing. Um, but oh, I, I, I feel comfortable telling you 
I feel very comfortable being able to put your finger on it for you, like, right now. Alright, hit me. Led Zeppelin's your favorite band. I guess I guess we I guess we maybe should have should have prefaced that I I am a I, I am a huge Zep head so it, it does feel um, it's personal a bit sacrilegious yes um, even but so even in the context of Led Zep I have heard as a huge Zep head and a uh, a a Led Zeppelin aficionado um, I have heard Led Zeppelin covers. That were that were excellent. That were great. Um, in fact, if you haven't heard it, um, the band OAR does a cover of "Fool in the Rain" um, off "In Through the Outdoor." They did it at um, I want to say maybe it was at uh, live in Central Park. They had a couple of live shows on on Spotify, but check that out. It's a great cover, um, and they play it. Pretty much to you know to the recording. They don't really do a whole lot of you know other stuff. Um, they nail it, and, and so and there's other Zeppelin songs out there that like are, I think, coverable. Um, you know, even some of like the you know less traditional you know rock songs. I, I, there's definitely coverable Led Zeppelin songs. Stay with Heaven. Oh, for sure. Simply not one of them. Well, and that's what I was getting at earlier with the whole, like, that one feels like such a reflection of the personality of specifically Led Zeppelin that I don't think lends itself to being covered because it, like, I don't think there's, there's a, tr anybody on God's green earth outside of the literal actual members of Led Zeppelin that have the ability to voice that song and have it sound authentic to themselves. Because I don't think that song is capable of that for anybody other than literal actual Led Zeppelin. And so it's interesting you bring that up because I don't I'm not even sure I would want to hear Led Zeppelin play that now. I think they're too old. I think it's got I think the moment is gone. I think I think Stairway to Heaven occupies it, it it's it's almost like a like a time capsule, you know, and like it's it's just like it is 1970s Led Zeppelin specifically, not just Led Zeppelin. In that, you know, even even they even they couldn't recreate the magic that happened during those recording sessions. Um, I I think no. I think I think you, you you get at an interesting point, and it's something I've thought a lot about over the years. And it's like the 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 I can't think of the right word. The temporary some songs aren't meant to last forever. Either from like even really famous songs, um, either from the original artist or in general, because like so I I'm sure I've mentioned the story to you. Um, it's one of my favorite stories about covers. Um, so House of the Rising Sun. I don't. Who who do you picture when you think of that song? The animals. The, same here. You know, and and. It's it's the the animals version of House of the Rising Sun is the one I grew up on, but it's been played by like a bunch of people. Um, it, a lot. Yes, it's a super old song, which is one of the first things I was really surprised to hear about. That song's from like the early 1800s. Like no one knows who wrote it. It's a really fucking old song, and it got passed down just orally for years. 
Um, the modern arrangement of it that we know today was actually done by a guy named Dave Van Ronk, who's one of my favorite musicians. And was one of the first guys I started thinking about when we were talking about uncoverable songs, because he's one of my favorite artists. But because of the nature of folk music specifically, I don't think there are any uncoverable songs, um, because uh, that like defeats the point of folk music. Um, so in the 60s, in, in the village, Dave Van Ronk was like, no, like this was his song. Like if you were like going to a uh, a cafe in the village and you were you heard someone playing House of the Rising Sun, you knew it not only is like ninety nine percent chance that's Dave Van Ronk, but if you heard someone else play it, you'd say they're playing that Dave Van Ronk song. So huh. in the early sixties, uh, after Bob Dylan came to town, Bob Dylan comes up to Dave Van Ronk one day. They've been playing together for a while. And Dylan was like, hey, Dave, I was wondering if I could get your permission to play House of the Rising Sun on my album. He was recording his very first album. It was the Bob Dylan album. Like Bob wow. Dylan's Bob Dylan. Yeah. Um, and Dave was like, ah, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, that's like my song. That's like the song I close shows with. He's like, that's one's really tied to like me as a musician. Like, I don't know about that. And Bob Dylan was like, oh. I was kind of expecting you to say yes. I already recorded it. And, <laughs> and that caused a fucking fallout. Like at that point in time, Dave Van Rock and Bob Dylan were really good friends. Like Dave Van Rock really took Bob Dylan in. Bob Dylan slept on like Dave Van Rock's apartment floor when he first moved to New York. Like no shit. Oh yeah. No, dude. Dave Van Rock showed Bob Dylan the fucking ropes of the village. And when Bob Dylan ultimately ended up stabbing Dave and Rock in the back like that, because what ended up happening was because Dave hadn't recorded it yet, he was planning on putting it on his next album, which was going to be recorded after Bob's album, because it came out afterwards. By the time his album came out, everyone was coming up to him and saying, hey, can you play that Bob Dylan song? Oh, and it drove Dave Van Rock so fucking nuts. He stopped playing the song altogether. A song that he tied personally to himself in a lot of ways. He gave up on it entirely. And then what ended up happening after that is after Bob Dylan did it, it became a much more popular song and much more cover, much more open to being covered. And eventually the animals picked it up and the ah. animals version went through the fucking roof. And apparently Bob Dylan had to stop playing it because people kept coming up to him and saying, hey, can you play that song by the animals? Wow. And uh, that's some karma for you. Yeah, that's that's some shit, you know. Um, and I think that's fascinating because, like Dave Van Ronk, I don't want to like jerk him off too hard right now, but he he basically really brought that song into the fold. Like, I'm not sure we would know House of the Rising Sun without Dave Van Ronk, not only because of his arrangement of it, but because he just like this story doesn't exist without him without having the ability to pass that on to Bob Dylan in kind of a shitty way. But regardless, like it's not going to hit the people that it hits without him being as part of this. And for him to give that up because he no longer felt tied to it in that way, because it was not even because it was necessarily covered so well, but because it was covered because, the, but because the cover of it got such popularity that it like pushed his emotion for it out is a wild concept you know because that's not something i can think of another story for the only other example 
I can think of. Um, coincidentally, it involves Bob Dylan. Um, and it involves uh, a cover I brought up earlier, All Along the Watchtower. Um, in that after Hendrix recorded it on his you know, Electric Ladyland album, and I mean, people don't even think of that as a Bob Dylan song anymore. So much so to the fact that Bob Dylan doesn't even think of it as a Bob Dylan. Actually, song. that's true. I do remember this. Yeah. In like an interview, he he was talking about how like that's a Hendrix song. It's it's not my song anymore. Um, different circumstances, but the idea that he no longer feels, you know, that attachment to the song when he when he hears all on the Watchtower, he thinks of Jimi Hendrix. Um. Well, and that it's 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 such an interesting point of time, the '60s, because you had this big transition between what music was and what it kind of now is. Because the '60s, I think, then you know, it started well before the '60s, but I think the '60s was really the head of it. Is when music as an industry really became the giant money maker that it is. And what that eventually led to was things like, I would assume anyway, based on my understanding of it, uh, copyrights of songs and having to give out royalties. Because nowadays, if Bob Dylan did that to Dave Van Rock in 2020, he'd be facing a lawsuit and would owe Dave Van Rock royalties for every copy of that album sold, like what happened with um, Sam Smith and Tom Petty. With that, I think Stay With Me, I think was the song that like shared a melody but slower with Tom Petty's Won't Back Down. It was something really weird. Um, but anyway, you'd probably see that. This, yeah. The 60s, that wasn't happening because this was a pretty standard thing to do. It was really, really normal for you to just go up and like play other people's songs. I mean, fuck, man. That's how like jazz works as a genre. You know, yeah. That's why the fake book exists, you know? So that you could be ready to gig because you were expected to know. That's why there were standards, you know? Like, you went out there and played, here are the jazz songs. <laughs> Go play the jazz songs. Yeah. Um, and the 60s really changed a lot because you had this mass commercialization of things, which I'm not going to say is positive or negative. Um, but that led to, like, I, I, I highly doubt that, you know, at any point, no matter how much covering of... Um, I don't know. Pick, 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 pick a Miles Davis song. I doubt he ever stopped playing any of them. I'm sure if you walked into any jazz club and stayed there for a significant period of time, you'd hear a Miles Davis song being played by someone not named Miles Davis. I highly doubt that ever deterred Miles Davis from playing Miles Davis songs. Never. And yet here we go in the sixties, um, different audiences, different, different, uh, sale rates, I'm sure. And it led to a point where it's like, Here's a folk musician giving up a folk song because it just got too big and uh, wasn't like tied to him anymore. Because that's like the budding of heads of like musical culture we were at at that point. So then, do you think then maybe part of why the Stairway to Heaven cover sits so awkwardly with me is the idea that it is such like. Not only is it tied to, to obviously Led Zeppelin, but but it's tied to classic rock in the seventies. It's tied to just like that entire, uh, 
that entire music scene that came out of the 70s, right? It's almost like the the anthem for classic rock in, in a lot of ways. Um, and and just to try to separate to separate that identity is almost impossible, right? So I, I was thinking about that too, and I don't know because I'm sitting here thinking like, uh, can, are are there good Jimi Hendrix covers? And I, in my opinion, yeah, there are. Like listening to, to Stevie Ray Vaughan play Little Wing is yeah. really really fucking cool. He does a great yeah. job. It's a great cover, and I'm not sure if I'm not gonna pick who is more or less significant from you know that era of rock. Uh, Hendrix or Zeppelin, because that's not an argument I feel comfortable taking on either side. Um, sure. But we can put them both in the same class, and if Hendrix songs can be covered well and where you don't scoff at the idea, then the same should be true. It's again, it's that singularity of specifically Stairway. Yeah. Ah, I Because yeah. I think if we were talking about any other Led Zeppelin song, I think we might have had the same initial reaction, but then once we started to analyze and go, well, hey, you know what? There, you know, there's other covers. You know what? This makes a little bit of sense. Okay, I, it's fine. But it's- yeah, like I'm sure I've heard a whole lot of love cover that I've liked. Like I, I don't know who would have done it, but like I feel like I've heard it. Uh, Santana did one on a on an album in the early 2000s. That might be it. Um, it's actually a, it's a decent cover. Um, when you brought up Hendrix, I thought of um. I'm ashamed that I didn't initially think of the Stevie Ray Vaughan Little Wing. Um, but the first cover I thought of was uh, John Mayer covering Bold as Love. That's a great cover. Um, mm. He does a great job. Um, and, I, and there wasn't ever the, the reaction of, what is he doing covering a Hendrix? Like, it made sense. You start playing it and you go, you know what? Okay, cool. He's making it his own. He's doing his own thing. But it's still the same song. This is a great cover. I like it. Um, you know, but something about even when I, I, I couldn't even I had to skip through this stairway to heaven cover because I'm just like, well, I don't want to listen to the second verse and the third verse and the fourth because I know what it's going to sound like. It's going to sound you actually not- listen to it. Oh, of course, because I had to I had to make sure that that my uh, it was fucking terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. If you had if someone if 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 you like picked someone out of like the jungle, right? Who had no idea who Star- or who Led Zeppelin was, or what Stairway to Heaven was, or any of that, and showed them this song, this, this Mastodon cover, uh, like objectively speaking, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, they hit all the notes, right? Uh, he sings in key. Uh, like the guitar tone is, it, it's it's more that modern guitar sound, so it's not quite my my taste but but it sounds fine everything is fine it's nothing um their 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 musicianship is is there um but it's it's there's it's just not stairway to heaven all right so i i just remembered a story that i want to share with you to get your opinion on i remember i was back in high school um and one of one of my friends at the time was telling me how he had just went to a KISS concert. Um, and for anyone unaware of who KISS is, um, one Google search will horrify you. Um, not the music. They were a glam rock band, which is something that is buried deep within the annals of 70s music history. Um, and that's where it deserves to stay. 
Um, but Kiss is still really popular. So he, he went to a Kiss concert and he said that in like the middle of the concert for like no apparent reason, like no lead up at all, Gene Simmons starts playing the intro lick to Stairway to Heaven. And he was like fucking confused, right? And like he just starts like playing the intro lick and then he just goes, nah, you, don't got, you guys don't want to hear that. And then they just stopped playing it. Um, and then just like moved on to the next Kiss song. and. I'm I'm sitting here thinking about that because if you told me, hey Josh, Kiss released an, uh, an album back in the '80s that had "Stairway to Heaven" on it, I would literally never listen to it. But if but if I was in the audience at a Kiss concert and they started playing it, I think I'd want to hear where it went. I think I would too, and I don't know what the difference is here outside of like understanding the difference between a live concert and like a studio album um you know what i i think it it's 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 curiosity it's because you know the part of you knows well this this can't end well um it's it's almost like when you when you're when you're when you ever see like watch clips of people like walking on ice and and you're watching and 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 you just can't look away you know they're gonna fall otherwise there wouldn't be that video yeah yeah, that's gonna it. happen. So you know when he busts out that opening lick of "Stairway to Heaven," you know, shit. So they practiced the "Stairway to Heaven" cover. Well, this will be interesting. I, yeah, but like, like if I'm at a John Mayer concert, am I as curious when he starts playing "Stairway"? I don't think I am. I think it's something about how ridiculously far removed. Kiss is in my mind from Led Zeppelin, because like if John Mayer started playing Stairway, I think I'd be upset. And I like John Mayer a lot, but you know what though? I I I think John Mayer has the 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 you know the the wherewithal to know not to cover Stairway. But uh, but but uh, put yourself in 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 an imaginary concert seat back before pre COVID nineteen, like. All right, all right. I have a theory. I'm going to throw it at you. Um, a John Mayer cover of this is all hypothetically live. A John Mayer cover of Stairway would fucking suck because John Mayer is way too talented of a musician, um, and a Kiss cover of Stairway to Heaven would be interesting. I'm not going to say it'd be good, but it'd be interesting because the personality behind the song would be so comically different from what Led Zeppelin would have brought to it that I'm not sure where it would have gone. But I feel like I know the turns John Mayer would take, and that makes it less interesting for me. It is interesting. And it's also interesting... You know what? Because the Kiss cover would be so over the top and just bananas. With like, there'd be fireworks and there'd be fire and there'd be a lot of tongue. A lot of tongue. So much tongue that it would be, like you said, almost it would be comical. Um, maybe it's that like. So you know what? Maybe that's why. Maybe maybe Mastodon should have should have like gone all out 
and and just done an over the top. Yeah, you know what? I still don't think that would have sat right with me. But that's the thing is like like stairway. I don't. I guess probably doesn't seem it to us because Led Zeppelin's not like a wild or uh, not, uh, Led Zeppelin isn't a wildly audacious band in in the way Kiss is, where they relied a lot on like theatrics and st- stuff outside of actual musical talent and performance. Um, because I, it's a tough line to toe that I'm trying to do right now because like Led Zeppelin was from all recorded concerts I have seen, uh, fucking amazing live as performers, um, and far better musically talented than kiss was but like i think there's a personality that kiss can tap into i can't believe we're talking this much about kiss <laughs> um that like mastodon's just not gonna have like there there's a personality element to it that i think you have to have a super big like i don't think an eric clapton version of stay would be good i don't I don't think an ACDC version of Stairway would be good. But maybe, maybe, uh, who's, who else is big? Maybe an Alice Cooper version of, of Stairway would be really cool. Who fucking knows, man? Like, how, how, you, you, I, I, I think you gotta swing for the fucking fences with that because if you do it, do it straight and narrow, it's gonna fail because everyone's gonna listen to it and go, this isn't Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Uh, that because that that is what gets it for me is that put it on and like it's not uh, immediately the first note you hear the first note and you go oh that's not Led Zeppelin like, what's wrong with it like what's what what's wrong with this recording like why is this not the regular one and it's not in like uh that's cool and interesting different it's just different and it's not what your ear wants to hear. It's like, and again, we're going to shift topics here and talk about the Be- the Beatles for a second. But like, um, Joe Cocker's cover of With a Little Help from My Friends is so vastly different from the Beatles' original With a Little Help from My Friends that they they don't even remotely feel like the same song. I mean, Joe Cocker's is like five minutes long. The original is like two and a half. Joe Cocker's has like a chorus and like big musical swells. And the original is pretty straight and narrow pop song sung by Ringo Starr. Like, and obviously as we've just, as we've said, like you can cover plenty of Beatles songs because they're pretty easy to cover. But I think what makes with a little help from my friends, such a ridiculously good cover that I think more people probably know it as a Joe Cocker song than they do a Beatles song, whereas no one knows Blackbird as anything um, above a Beatles song. Yeah, or at least above a Beatles song. I'm sure we all know Blackbird covers, but we all also recognize that, hey, that's the Beatles song. Um, Whereas I'm sure there are people out here there who go, oh, with a little help of my friends, that's the Joe Cocker song. Because I know when I first heard the song, I only knew the Joe Cocker version. That was the first version I heard too, yeah. Yeah, I mean his, his his version of it, especially live at Woodstock, is like it's I mean, argue, it, it's better. It's better. 
Yeah, I, and, and that's coming from a guy who fucking loves that fucking song as as a Beatles person. Like, I love that course, fucking yeah, yeah. song. And uh, holy shit, the Joe Cocker version is so much better. Because <laughs> um, it's wildly and, different. Because so, it's different. So, if he did like the Beatles, it would suck. Yes, yeah. And I think... If someone were to do Stairway wildly different, like a like let's say there was a uh, a bluegrass cover of Stairway to Heaven, I don't want to hear that. You no, know? like I would listen to a bluegrass cover of with a little help from my friends, you know, or a bluegrass cover of uh, Dog. Um, I'm not interested in a blue uh, bluegrass cover of Stairway. I, it just feels like a piece of music that needs to be played how it was written and and there and you know it was written for Led Zeppelin. So I want to I want to float another song by you because I've been thinking about it throughout this entire conversation and I can't decide whether or not I would like a cover of it. Um okay. Roundabout by Yes. Because mm. again, it's a really long song. It's like seven and a half minutes long. Um, so that in of itself makes it a challenging cover. And while I don't think it's as necessarily like ambitious in the way that Stairway is, because Stairway is very different compared to what else was out. And while um, Roundabout goes through a lot of segment changes... I'd say all those segments are pretty well defined by the genres of the time. Um, but the technical musicianship required to play that fucking song is off the goddamn charts. Yeah. Like that song is nothing without having Steve Howe and Chris Squire manning the string instruments. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, um, I would say it's definitely, technically speaking, a, a much harder song to to, to play right, than Stairway to Heaven. Plus, um, I think you need two different guitars for it because I'm pretty sure you get the, the there's large segments of acoustic guitar from Steve Howe, and then it switches to electric. So, like, even even then, like, it's it's not like it's like you know Stairway. You could walk in as as Wayne's World has shown us. You can walk into a guitar shop and hear someone playing it. Um, no one, you're not going to walk into a guitar, never, guitar shop pretty readily and, and hear anyone playing Roundabout. I was, yeah, I, I don't think I ever have. Although, and, if anyone out there has an acoustic guitar and some free time, the intro to Roundabout is super fun to learn how to play. It is, it is. It gets, it, it, it very quickly goes off the rails. But um, Oh, yeah. Very uh, quickly. But, hmm. like, do, do you think it's coverable? Like, would you listen... <sighs> Would you listen to a Mastodon cover of Roundabout? I would be more willing to listen to a... I mean, I think I would go into it with similar maybe expectations, expecting like, hey, maybe this isn't going to be that great. But I would want to know how it turns out. Because you know what? Because I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I don't think it's coverable. I think it would be a very tough song to cover, but I'm not sure. I'm not, you know, I knew, like, when I heard, when, like, when I heard that this existed, this Stairway to Heaven Mastodon cover, I didn't have to listen to it to know what it was going to sound like, and then I wasn't going to like it. You know what? 
I that's a great point. And I'm going to to definitively say that I don't think or I do think Roundabout is coverable because if I saw that a band that I liked did a cover of Roundabout, I think I'd be excited. I think I, I would be too. Yeah, I, and that that right there is a key difference because we're talking about basically your reaction to it. Do you think it's coverable on cover is pretty like to you, you know, it's personal. And like if I saw, I don't know, fucking Wolfpack do a cover of Roundabout, I'd be like, I need to hear how they're going to do this because that could be really cool. Whereas if I saw Wolfpack did a cover of Stairway, I'd be fucking concerned. Yeah, I I don't care who it is. If it's a cover of Stairway to Heaven, I know it's not going to be good. It's not going to be something I want to listen to. Um, whereas, and it's interesting because I'm also, uh, you brought up the fact that obviously I am a huge Led Zeppelin fan. So like my standard for what I want to hear when I listen to a Led Zeppelin song might be higher than the average listener's. Um, but I'm also a fan of Mastodon's music. So it wasn't like I was going into this going like, oh, I hate Mastodon and they're covering a song by my one of my favorite bands. It was no, it was, hey, I like this band. I'm a huge Led Zeppelin fan. They're covering a Led Zeppelin song, but I still know I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to hear it. It's not going to be good. All right. I have another song for you. Um, Freebird. Uh, you know what? It's funny you wrote that. I wrote that one down. Did you really? I did. I wrote that one down. And I think... Because Freebird, I think, is a weird song in that I have heard that song at open mic nights many times. But I don't think I've ever heard a professional recording of that song by someone other than, than Leonard Skinner. Yes. So I think Freebird shares a lot of the same problems with Stairway as, as far as you know what makes a good cover song versus what doesn't. So you've got the whole idea of it's long. If we're talking about long. the whole thing and not just covering that first you know first bit, um, it's long. Um, you've got uh, many different parts with many different musicians. Um, you've got an iconic guitar solo. Um, in the case of Freebird, you could argue it's many guitar solos. I'm not depending on how you want to break it down, um, and the fact that like it is so closely tied to a band's identity. You know, it's 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 one of two songs most people think of when you when you say the you know the name Leonard Skinner, the other being Sweet Home Alabama, of course. Um, but like, I still don't think I I would be. Out of going off of what we were just saying, if Mastodon released a cover of Freebird, I'm interested. You know, I, right. I, I I might listen to that uh, because right, I want to because I want to hear you know how they're going to pull this off because I'm not sure how they're going to pull this off. It's not that like I know they're not going to. I'm I'm, I'm curious. I've got I've got two more um, off off uh, that I that just came to mind. Uh, two very different groups. Um, uncoverable songs, literally every Frank Zappa song. Huh. In part, because it's impossible to listen to, like, I mean, pick a song off of Apostrophe, um, and any of them. It's impossible to listen to, like, Yellow Snow or, um, 
St. Alfonso's pancake breakfast and not immediately think of Frank Zappa and his far too large soul patch. Um, yeah. But also, one of the things that makes listening to Frank Zappa the experience that it is, and I guess I'll throw Captain Beefheart in there as well for very much of the same reason. Um, but Zappa's music is insanely hard to play. Like It's famously very hard to play. Um, he almost turned away Steve Vai for not being precise enough to play his music. Like Zappa's shit is technically challenging to, to accomplish, which is one of the other reasons I... Because Zappa doesn't have much of a voice. You know, like anyone can sing Zappa's shit efficiently. It's going to miss out on like the wonky nature that is Zappa's voice. But like anyone, there's no like Freddie Mercury style high notes in there. Um, but I think from a personality standpoint and a musicianship standpoint, it would be really tough. Would be. Yes. I think. Now, that's not to say that no one, that you wouldn't be, like, kind of jazzed if someone you like was like, hey, we're coming out with a, with a cover of Yellow Snow. And you'd be like, that's my favorite Zappa song. Um, but I don't think it's likely to happen, which I think makes it uncoverable, but for a different reason. Yeah, I can get behind that. It is definitely... Uncoverable for different reasons because it, it it's it, it, he doesn't. Although I don't know, man, because the music it being technically challenging obviously is you know makes a song uh, difficult to cover. I mean, take the Beatles songs; they're kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Um, but there are a lot of talented musicians out there, obviously. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think I think I would still be interested. Again, I, I think I think you're you're right in saying that we won't see a uh, an album of Zappa covers by anytime soon. <laughs> um, due to you know one, just the sheer difficulty of playing the damn songs. Um, and two, I, I don't know that there's a market for that. Um, if anyone out here is listening and is a fan of Zappa, I am your market. I want to hear, I am demanding that someone out there, uh, Jack Stratton, if you're listening, I demand a full cover of the entire Shake Your Booty album. <laughs> See now, see that now. Now I would now that we're talking about it, right? I think I almost think that the the sheer difficulty of pulling something like that off, um, and you know, it is there are different reasons than we talked about for Starway to Heaven, but almost makes me more interested. You know, like if I, if because I know what would have to go into that project. I really want to hear that. I want to hear how they pulled that off or how they attempted to pull it off. You know, it was, it was, it, it wasn't even like with, with, with the stairway to heaven Mastodon cover. I, I wasn't even really interested in hearing, uh, like, 
you know, well, how bad is it? Like, or, 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 or did, or how, what did they do here? It was, you know, I, I needed to listen to it because we were going to have this big conversation about it and it felt wrong not to have listened to it. Um, but there wasn't, uh, wasn't any curiosity. I had, I, I couldn't care less how they did it because I knew I was, I was so certain it was, it wasn't going to be good. And, and, you know, even like you could say like, ah, oh, you know what, if someone came out with a, uh, a cover of yellow snow, right. Then it probably won't be good, but you'd still, I feel like how you'd have a, uh, a curiosity to go, well, you know what, let, let me check it out. Cause I can't imagine how that would go. Let me, let me see how they're imagining it or, or you know, I, I, yeah, that, that's part of the thing with, I think I was getting at when we were talking about the, the kiss cover of, um, stairway is like, if you're going to do something where the original has such a bizarre or not even bizarre, but like specific drive and intention and aura it, you're going to have to bring something that matches that in a different way so that it's unique to you, but hits those levels in a way that people are going to be able to appreciate. Because if you do straight up covers, no one wants to hear a straight up cover of Stairway to Heaven. No one wants to hear a straight up cover of I'm the Slime by, by Frank Zappa. You know, you're going to have to bring something to that that's the same level of intensity or specificity or whatever, but is also unique to you so that it's worth fucking listening to. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, if, uh, if Ed Sheeran comes out with the cover of Blackbird, like everyone's going to listen to that because he's really talented and that's a good song and everyone knows it's going to be a good song. There's no, yeah. there's al almost, I'm going to reserve, I'm going to hedge a little bit. There's almost no co bad covers of Blackbird because it's too good and basic of a song for you to really fuck it up that bad. Yeah. Yeah. If you have basic musicianship, you can, there, there's, there's so much to do with that song or, and so, yeah. I, I have the, the other, the other group I was thinking of um, for uncoverable songs, because um, one who would want to, uh, and two, there's so long. Oh God, please don't fish. <laughs> uh, no, I think I think all of the same problems apply, barring the uh, iconic nature of the songs. You know, I think you've got a lot of the same the same things of just like well. They're, they're technically speaking, they're, they're musically demanding, right? They're, they're, they're all, everyone in Fish is a, is a extraordinarily talented musician. So, so to even to begin to play the music is a challenge in itself. Um, oftentimes there's a lot going on. They're busy songs. They're not, they're not writing four chord, first chorus, first chorus, bridge, verse, chorus songs. Um, I think what what makes them slightly more coverable is that they're not as songs are not as well known. Well, so, so hold on, actually, I'm going to cut in here and say this is something we definitely have to ask Greg at this point. 
um, our our uh, fish fan, fish fan in residence of the podcast, Greg. Uh, because you're right. I was just thinking about the. You're either not going to know what that fish song is. I don't know the names of any fish songs, and therefore you're not going to give a shit about it, and it won't even register as a cover to you. And that's probably not a good thing. Or you're someone who likes fish enough that you're going to recognize that a fi- as a fish song. And I don't know if a true fish fan would support covers of their music. You know what I mean? So I think, again, I can't speak for Greg, our, our resident uh, fish fan. Um, but I think knowing what I know about the jam band community um, and their uh, openness of covers in general, Think they, I think they would think it was cool as long as it was because again we're assuming that the musicians playing this, the cover are talented enough to to, to play the music right. Um, I think it would be I think it would be welcome in the fish community. Um, whereas I don't think uh, I can speak as someone from the Led Zeppelin community. Um, we were not looking for a Stairway to Heaven cover. You're definitely right. I definitely didn't wake up at any point during my my years on on Earth and say to myself, "You know what I need? A good Led Zeppelin cover, uh, or sorry, a good Stairway to Heaven cover." Um, it's uh, it's tough. I guess you're right. The jam band scene is far more receptive to their their favorite band's music being played by anybody under the sun. And it's actually interesting you brought up Fish because Fish is known to do. Uh, a cover of uh, No Quarter off of uh, House of the Holy, the, the Zeppelin song, which really is a pretty is yeah, it's a pretty uncoverable song. I might add, um, there's a lot going on. There's not really a, a chorus. Uh, there's not. It, it's it, there's a lot of effects. Um, and I, as you know, am not a fan of Fish's music. Um, they uh they they do the cover justice. You know, I I I heard it and I thought, you know what, that that would have been kind of cool to see. Um so you know, even some of the less coverable Zeppelin songs, which in them you know, in and of themselves are pretty uncoverable. Really th- I I really think Stairway to Heaven is the is their most uncoverable song and possibly you know one of the most uncoverable songs at least in rock music history i uh, yeah i i think that's what we what we're ultimately going to have to conclude after this discussion since we have yet to come up with a single other one um let me let me ask you what is if you have any uh the best cover that you've seen live hmm cover live um because i can only think of one that i've seen um or at least i can only think there's only one that comes to mind when i ask this of myself but it was a very specific situation because like even the idea of being in the audience like i bought tickets to see kiss i want to see them play detroit rock city and then the idea that they start playing i mean any led zeppelin song must be bizarre because it's not like you walked into that concert expecting any Led Zeppelin songs. Um, 
not you didn't expect any not kiss songs so because it's not even like kiss has other led zeppelin covers on their records they don't at least as far as i know um (laughs) which is why i only can think of one cover i've seen live i can't I don't know. Were you able to think of anything? Two, two, two times, two incidents come, incidences come to mind. Um, incidences, incidents, 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 incidences. Uh, it doesn't matter. Incidences. Two incidences come to mind. Um, one is a song we've talked about before on this podcast is All on the Watchtower. I saw. It was actually interesting. I saw them back-to-back weeks. One week, I saw Dave Matthews do it. Um, and then the following week, I saw um, uh, Dead & Company do it. Um, and both times were great. Um, so they And then both times were different. That was the other thing that was really cool, is that, you know, obviously, there's the Hendrix version that everyone knows. There's the Bob Dylan version. Um the Dave Matthews version, it 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 sounds like yet another a third song. Um, it's it's much darker. It's much, uh, um, but it it has got the same aspects of it. it was it, it was cool. And then to hear Dead and Company do it a week later, very much so more Hendrixy, um, but uh, it was their own. Um, and and we've talked, you know, that that song is like a lot of Bob Dylan songs, simple enough uh, in its core um, that there's plenty of room for, for artists to kind of make it their own. Um, so like the other incidents uh, that I, I thought of was at a music festival. Um, uh, Saturday night, uh, the Kings of Leon were supposed to play, uh, but they got rained out. On Sunday, the headliner was The Killers. Um, and uh, the, they came out, um, the singer, Brandon Flowers, he, he did like, a, uh, like an acapella version of Use Somebody by Kings of Leon. Um, just like spontaneously. Um, and it was really cool. Um, because you could tell, you could tell, like, he... Messed up some words, like whatever, but you could tell that like they just kind of threw this together, or he just kind of threw this together like last minute, um, and uh, it was kind of cool to see uh, like a band you know do that for another band that was supposed to be playing at the festival but couldn't. Um, That's fucking awesome. The uh, the Kings of Leon one that must have been. Amazing. It was really cool. It was really cool. And again, he made it his own. Because uh, obviously Brandon Flowers, the singer from The Killers, sounds totally different than... Nothing like, yeah. yeah. So, you know, and... It's... That, I mean, that's a case of that, that song, Use Somebody. That's song that people think of when they think of kings of leon it's kind of you know it's a big like, song of theirs yes um it didn't sound out of place you know it didn't sound wrong that he was covering this song um you know and it you know yeah. all of the 
I, I feel like almost all of the reasons, all of the things that like could make a song potentially difficult to cover, Stairway to Heaven kind of has all of those things. Uh, plus the fact that it's just, it's iconic. Um, really just make it just totally, you know, in my book, uncoverable. <laughs> Yeah. Um, fuck. I, I. I. Again. I think there's 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 leeway to live stuff because there's a difference in energy. But yeah. I. I. I oh man. I'm sitting here trying to to scrounge my my memory for any other songs that could possibly be equated in the uncoverable sphere, and I just I just got fucking nothing, man. Well, I guess. Because you brought up the idea of it being, you know, the whole live aspect of it. If Mastodon had, instead of releasing it on an album, at one of their shows, just whipped out a Stairway to Heaven cover, and unlike Kiss, follow through with it, um, is that any different? Does that change things? You know. Oh, that's the thing. I, I, I think I don't know if it's being part of a captive audience because you know it's not like you're gonna up and leave the show. And, you know, as as wacky and odd as it might be uh, to be in the audience while a band you really likes plays a song that they did not write and you were not expecting. Um, even if you're a huge fan of the original version, it's not like you're gonna be like, "Well, fuck Mastodon! I'm I'm done with this concert." Um, you know, like you're going to, you're going to stay. Um, so I don't know if that has a certain aspect of, uh, of it, or if you're just more receptive to weird shit happening in a music scene when you're physically present in, in the environment. But I, I, as much as I can't picture possibly having to experience a live or a, um, a cover of, of stairway, Every time I picture hearing it being played live, I picture myself being there and, you know, listening to it. Like, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if that's just me. Maybe it's the difference between seeking something out and passively taking it in. Maybe. And you know what? I think there's also that aspect of, like, I mean, obviously a concert like all the stuff that a band is playing it, it's rehearsed material you know for the most part you know generally speaking um but you could almost kind of suspend belief and 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 say like well maybe this is like a spontaneous thing that's happening whereas if you've spent the time to go to a recording studio <laughs> lay down the tracks and do, like you 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 for months thought about this idea and we're like yeah we're going forward with it we're doing this <laughs> Um, I just, I, sorry, I'm just looking at songs and I, I, I just saw a song that I, I saw, um, I guess we can say covered at an open mic night. And it reminded me that this is probably the worst cover I've ever seen. Um, I'm not sure if you were there or not to, to experience this with me, but I remember seeing, um, at the Pattenberg house, I think the house band play a cover of Marvin Gaye's what's going on. And, uh, oh my God. let me tell you folks. If there's anything on God's earth <laughs> that is truly tough to experience, it is a group of 40-something-year-old white men trying to get through what's going on. 
It was an unpleasant musical experience I will never forget. I was not there, and I am glad that I was not. Dude, I remember like halfway through, I must have been Ben I was talking to. I just turned over to him and was like, are they playing What's Going On right now? And man, when it was the whitest thing I think I might have ever experienced, it is the whitest thing I think I might have ever experienced. You didn't leave. Oh, of course not. I was up in like a few slots. That's one of the things that made it worse. Yeah. So, though, if that band had released a studio recording of what's going on, you think? Oh, oh you you imagine I would even hear about it? Like, <laughs> it's. It's the house. Let me, let me, let me lay it down like this. Um, don't, don't do it. If you, if you're thinking about covering Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On," let me start off by, regardless of race, color, or creed, maybe think twice. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe that's a singular song. Maybe, maybe "What's Going On" is 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 is, is an uncoverable song in my eyes. Um, because it's very specific in what it's discussing. You know, like that song very specifically is about um, the black community in the 70s and, and the, the various hardships it was going through in that point in time. And it's also a deeply personal song to Marvin Gaye. You know, he wrote that song um, in, in one of his several attempts to try to reconcile his differences with his father, um, his father who ended up killing him. Um, when the, again, Marvin Gaye tried to make amends with him, um, which is a wild story in itself. Yeah. Fucking crazy. And again, maybe this is me, but I can't hear what's going on without thinking of Marvin Gaye, the man and a sense of black identity that ties itself with that song, which is one of the reasons why I was so uncomfortable hearing it played by a bunch of like. 40 year old dads at like a pub on an open mic night like the context was wrong and it felt wrong so yeah that might not be it's a super different conversation from what we've just spent the last hour and 10 minutes talking about but um maybe maybe that's a point for 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 thought in terms of uncoverable uh, can you think of a what's going on cover i can't I can't, and 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 you're bringing up a a good point that like the there's some songs that are just so tied to like you're saying they're just so contextual that and they're removed from that context that it, they no longer not that they no longer make sense but they just feel off. Yeah, it's um, I always had this problem with uh with Peter Paul and Mary. I are you are you aware of Peter Paul and Mary? I'm not. Um, it is music by white people for white people. Um, it's I find them genuinely uncomfortable to listen to because they when I listen to a Peter Paul and Mary song, um, when it crosses my ear canals. It sounds like if you grew a person out of the earth, 
and gave them an instrument and then explained to them what music was. And they said, ah, yes, I understand what the music is. And then started singing the songs. It's very, they stripped every ounce of soul and emotion out of what were great songs and then made you listen to them. And it's like their version of blowing in the wind is the most stripped down in all the worst ways version of that song I can possibly imagine. And it makes me genuinely upset when I hear it. Would you, would you say that it sounds like sterile? Yeah, that's exactly how I would say it sounds. Um, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. I fucking don't get why they're famous. And I get understand this is a this is a very specific tangent I am very passionate about. Um, but like they te- they took so many great songs and and I think Blown in the Wind is the most famous example because that's the one they sang um on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial right before Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. Um, in case anyone was unaware. Uh they also did um if I had a hammer, uh, another famous um, folk song, I think made famous by the Weavers. Um, but folk music specifically, which is where they spent most of their time, it, it, it's almost all emotion. Like, that's all there really is there. Like, it's storytelling and feeling. And holy shit, they drained all of it out of it. Now, that's not to say that those songs are uncoverable, because one of the main conversations around folk music is when folk music got big in the 60s it was mainly by white people who were finding black songs and then doing renditions of them and whether or not that was appropriate uh but that's not to say that the songs that are were being sung lacked any type of depth of emotion um like if you listen to dave van rock sing cocaine he sounds like he was going through some shit doing it because, well, Dave Van Rock had a cocaine problem in the 60s, and yeah. which came straight out of, uh, I think he does specifically Reverend Gary Davis's version of it, because Reverend Gary Davis went through the same thing. Like, that, and that emotion translated throughout the covers, but it stopped dead in its fucking tracks with Peter, Paul, and Mary because they sang Blowing in the Wind like you explained to them how the guitar is played, and then explained to them that music exists as a series of notes and dots. Um, and then they went along and were like, ah, yes, I will now sing to you a concert C. Um, it's, it, it, it's bad. It's, it, it's bad music. I, uh, I will take your word for it. <laughs> but that's, that's sort of, you know, I think we talked a decent amount about like, the technicality or the technical ability behind the music, but the emotional aspect of it's also really challenging. You know, uh, again, like I, I can't picture what a Marvin Gaye go, what, 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 what's going on by Marvin Gaye looks like that's not done by Marvin Gaye. And a large part of that is, is because I don't want to. Hmm. Well, fuck, man. We talked about a lot of shit here. We did. Yeah, any uh, 
any 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 other thoughts or closing remarks before we kind of wrap up episode one? No, man. I think I, I think this was a really good really good talk. I it's I think it's it's interesting that we kept coming up with examples of like, oh, what about this song? This would be totally uncom uncoverable, but we it was we were almost always able to find a either like a a circumstance or or something where ah oh, no that might make sense, but I think I think our verdict is that Stairway to Heaven is just totally uncoverable. Yeah, yeah, I I I think that's all there is to it. At, at you know I uh, I can't possibly think we've gone through a lot of songs i can't think of any others i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it there i it's <laughs> yeah and i think and i think the acid test for this is just you know if you saw that your favorite band whoever that would whoever that is at least a cover of x right what's your reaction are you excited about it are you not excited about it and like I think for most of the songs that we that we came up with, you know, if 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 obviously the, it's got to be like an appropriate band to song matchup, but like, you know, if I was a fan of a band that covered that song, I'd be interested, want to check it out, and I, I can't even think of a band. I can't think of anybody who who I, who could release a Stairway to Heaven cover. I would want to hear. Yeah, I I I'm completely at a loss. All right, I say I say we put the the nail in the coffin of uh, of episode one here. Yeah, I think with that that wraps up a, a very successful episode one of You Can't Be Serious. <laughs> All right, man. Um, well, if you guys wanted the want to uh, follow the show on Twitter, we 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 have that. Um, we do. Oh yeah, we, man. We, I mean, we do. Yeah, yeah, yes, we do. Um, it, it should be at you can't be serious. I have to double check that because I, I made it in a frenzy in the car today, but it should be that. And uh, we also have an email account. Um, so if you have any songs that you can think of that you think are uncoverable uh, that you want us to, to weigh in on um, or any any further of any any further thoughts on the conversation, we have uh, an email account at YCBSpod at gmail.com ycbs those are all letters uh pod at gmail.com and uh that does it for this week see y'all next week i'm a good